Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you get mad at God in a moment of trial and you turn on Him, what help do you have? That's the biggest trick of the enemy ever is to get people to turn on God and then say, like, got you, now you have no help. The only one that would have helped you, you mad at Him. How dumb is that? Don't do that. Don't fall for that trick. You need God at every stable, at every end. If you need God, especially when you're going through trials, he's a supernatural comforter. He's strength that you don't have in yourself. God is everything you need in every situation. And so you can't be turning on him. You need to turn to him. As Christians, it's easy to get so caught up in what's happening around us that we lose focus on our most important relationship of all, God. No matter how easy it may be to slowly backslide, the more you put your eyes toward heaven, the closer to God you'll be. Keep your gaze on Him and be saved from the world's stresses. In today's message, Pastor Bill explains that your faith will never be stronger than the moment you choose to give all of your burdens to the Lord. Let Him be your deliverer and rock. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter three, as he begins his message, established in the faith. So we're going to cover all of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, a title the message established in the faith. And um, I'll explain a little bit for you guys that have been following along. You guys know that Paul had established this church in Thessalonica. He'd only been with them three Sabbath days and then he got chased out of town. And so um, he, he reached out to some of the guys to find out how they were doing and he heard about how they were doing, and some of it was very encouraging, and we've heard a lot of that as Paul was thanking God for them, praising God for how well they're doing, that they're continuing with the Lord. But also there's some things that Paul is aware of that they need to be encouraged in or strengthened in. And so today we kind of switch gears. He's been encouraging them and thanking God for how well they're, well they're doing, but today we'll see that Paul's really has a concern, a legitimate concern that they would be established in their faith. And so this is almost um, as I read chapter three, it just it was reminding me of the importance of follow up for believers. You know, if you lead someone to the Lord, you don't just leave them. You know, that's a babe in Christ. You want to continue to encourage them and, and come behind and see how they're doing and and uh, let them know things that they can expect and so forth and so on. And so I want you to get this in your mind as well that these new believers are in a hostile environment, right? Remember, these believers are, they're in, a, they're in a town that was so aggressive to the gospel that they chased the apostle Paul out of town. Then they followed him to another town to bother him there as well. And so Paul's like, man, these new believers are living in this community where they chased me out. And so, you know, he knows that they're up against some hostility. And so Paul wants to prepare them that they wouldn't grow weak in the faith, that they wouldn't be discouraged out of their faith um, and that they would stand strong in their faith in the Lord. And so one thing that we'll talk about today, and we're going to see five times in this short chapter, the, the Paul uses the phrase your faith. And that's really Paul's focus for them. It's, it's not his faith. He's like, I want you to establish your faith. I want you to be established in your faith. I think every parent here, uh, we'll be able to, to kind of, um, uh, you know, we'll, this will speak to us as parents because as parents, oftentimes we have our faith and we're trying to share it with our kids and we're trying to share the Lord, be an example for. But eventually you you want to be you want to be in the place where you can look at your kids and say they got their faith right that not because they can't live off of mommy and daddy's faith. Amen. 
They can't go to heaven off of your faith. Eventually, you want to look at your kids and say, your faith. I want you to be strong in your faith. I want you to make decisions based on your faith. That's really the goal of Christian parenting. And so it's also the goal of Christian discipleship that we want to bring people along. But at a point, it's your it's going to be your faith that gets you up to read the Bible. It's going to be your faith that causes you to repent of sin. It's going to be your faith that moves you to step out and do what God calls you to do. We will help people along to a point, but another at a point, it's got to be their own faith. And so um, that's what we're going to be seeing in this chapter. So look at chapter three of 1 Thessalonians, verse 1. It opens up with the word, therefore. And so this is a, a look back at, you know, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, where Paul said, what is our hope and our joy and our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. And Paul was just, uh, you know, he was just grateful. He's, you guys are our glory and our joy. He was grateful for what God had done. And he picks right back up. He says, therefore, verse one of chapter three, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. Paul said, when I couldn't take it, anymore, I wanted to know how you guys were doing. And, and when, when I just couldn't take it anymore, I had to know um, I, I was willing to stay in Athens alone. And he says in verse two, and we sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. This is the first time we see the phrase your faith. But this is what goes on. Paul says, man, when I couldn't take it anymore, not knowing what was going on, I went ahead and sent to you guys Timothy. So let me let me share a little bit about Timothy, because I think this is important. Uh, Timothy was. Paul's protege, young man, Paul was sharing with and raising up and encouraging in his faith. And Timothy has come to the place where Paul values him. And Paul sees Timothy as someone who, if I can't go, I'll send him. How many of you guys have someone that if you couldn't go, I'd send that person? If that person went, it'd be just as good as if I went. Do you guys know somebody like that, you know, uh, where you're that comfortable with them be that that person could be my stand in and I'd be okay with it. I'm sure you guys know people that you're like, if I couldn't be there, I don't want him there. I don't want her there. You know, like I don't want them. Don't, don't put them in my place, please. You know, I don't want to come back to that mess, you know, but imagine that the apostle Paul has grown in his confidence in young Timothy to the place where he says, if I can't be there, I'll send Timothy that, that he's, he's at, he's a faithful guy. I would just encourage anybody here to serve in the Lord that's how we want to serve the Lord, right? I want I want to be that to the, obviously we're, we're all serving God. God's working through us, but we want to be those kind of servants where God can say, you know what, I want to, you, you have my heart and I can send you to that person. I can send you to that neighbor because you have my heart. You, you'll convey my truth, my heart to that person in a way that, that I would want it done. And so um, Timothy has become that to Paul. Look at the list of things it says about Timothy. It just kind of says it real quick. It says, Timothy, first, he's our brother. Um, you know, he's born again. He's, a, he's our brother in the Lord. But then he says, uh, and minister of God. The word minister simply means servant. Timothy is a servant of God. That's his character. That's his, that's who he is. That's what he's been doing. He's a, a servant of God and he's been faithful in that. Then he says, our fellow laborer in the gospel. That Timothy has joined forces with us in the ministry of the gospel. And it wasn't always fun, right? If, if anybody here that shares the gospel, you'll find that it's a challenging ministry, right? It's not challenging for you to be a Christian and keep it to yourself. Um, you could just ignore people. You could just, you know, you could look at people over there. You could decide what you want to say and not want to say. But if you become a minister of the gospel, I'm guaranteeing you it's going to be challenging. 
Because you're going to share a message that people don't want to hear. You're going to share a message that convicts people. The Bible tells us up front the gospel is an offense. Right. So if you share the gospel with enough people, you're going to find that you get some unfavorable responses. You might get called. You know, we're in California. There are parts of the world where you share the gospel. You might get your throat cut. But we live in California. So they might call you names. They might block you on Facebook. They might say something mean about it. It's kind of it, it kind of seemed like, you know, it's not much that we you know, our, our persecution seems lightweight compared to the brothers in the Sudan or people in, in, in other parts of the world where where their lives are in jeopardy for it. But but be that as it may, if you share the gospel, you'll find that, hey, this is an offensive message. People feel quite offended at it. I've been told just just because I believe the gospel. I've had people that felt like I was I feel like you're judging. What, what exactly did I say that made you feel judged? I just know that you believe that that I know how you think. I said, that, and that sounds like you're judging me is what it sounds like, you know, but that's the world in which we live. And so Paul has said, hey, Timothy, he is our fellow laborer in the gospel. He's not ashamed to ride with us for the gospel. And can I encourage you guys to not be those kind of believers, to not be afraid to represent the Lord wherever you go. Don't be incognito about your faith. Don't be a chameleon Christian where you just kind of blend into whatever environment you go in. Um, believers should stand out. Because we're different. We believe different. We think different. We see things different. And so, um, you know, you want to be able to I, I want to be a, I want to be what Timothy is. I want to be a fellow laborer in the gospel. I want to I want to jump into a scenario and and find out that somebody's mama has been sharing the gospel. And I start a conversation and I'm sharing the same gospel that a mom has been sharing, though she's not present. I'm a fellow. I'm, I'm, I am co-laboring with that person's mother and sharing the gospel. You, you guys know, as you just evangelize wherever you go, sometimes you're coming behind a situation like that where somebody else has been doing the hard work and they've been they haven't been listened to. Then you come alongside and you got the same message. Another uh, somehow another vessel, another vehicle, another voice. Sometimes it, it makes a world of difference. And you're co-laboring with that other person. You don't even know them. You might not even meet them till you get to heaven. But you're a fellow laborer in the gospel. So um, that's what it says about Timothy. I just want to throw that out real quick. That um, uh, Timothy is is beloved of Paul. He's he's counted on. He's trustworthy. He's a a, a servant of God. He's a, a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. This is what he goes forth to do. Right. It says to establish and uh, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. And so those two words to establish, it means to turn uh, resolutely in a certain direction, to make stable, uh, to place firmly, to fix. And so the first thing that Paul is saying, I, I want to see you guys established. I want you to be, you know, I want there to be a, a, a foundation to your faith. I want you to be sound. I want you to be, you know, I want you to be turned in a certain direction to where you can't be turned around. And so I, I sometimes will talk to Christians or people that say they're Christians, but there seems like there's an openness to believe other stuff. It's like, I'm a Christian, but, but I don't disagree with that. Or I don't, I don't have a problem with people that say this or that. And when I hear people say stuff like that, I realize you're not really established in your faith. You could not be established in the gospel and be okay with anything else. Because there is nothing else. When you really understand the gospel, you realize everything else is a lie. So whenever I hear a so-called Christian say, I, I love the Lord, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't have a problem. If someone's Muslim or they're Buddhist or they're, I th I'm fine with that. I realize that person is not established in the faith. Um, that they don't, they don't, their faith can't be genuine because if you understand the gospel, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And what does he say? There's no man comes to the Father except through me. 
So any other door is a doorway to hell. If I understand that, I'm not going to be okay with anything else. And so be careful about the, the world wants that the world likes that kind of religion. You know, I believe what I believe, but you, you, you know, you, you, you can, you know, this is, this is popular in our culture right now. You, you walk out your truth. Y'all hear that a lot, right? As though, as though, as though people can own truth. You don't own truth. You don't have your truth. There is the truth and everything that's not the truth is the lie. Amen. I'm sorry. I didn't mess with the, the snowflake. Okay. So, um, if it's not the truth, it's the lie. It's not your truth, my truth. It's either the truth or it's not the truth at all. So, we want to be established in the faith. That's what Paul is concerned for, for these believers. And this is why when you're, because again, the word established, if I were just to, the, the best definition to turn resolutely in a, in a certain direction. Once I've turned in this direction and said, Jesus is Lord, died on the cross, rose from the grave, no way to heaven except through him, Lord and Savior, bam, it's him, it's Jesus all the way. Once I've turned this way, now I may be hit with a number of things. I'm going to be here with different beliefs, different practices, but I'm, I'm turned in this direction. I'm, I'm convinced that this is the truth and I'm continuing. Paul said, I just want you guys to be established in the right direction, right? I want you to be able to stand fast because one, you guys live in a community where there are going to be people that are coming at you for your faith. So I need you to be able to stand fast. I want you to know what it is. Uh, I, when I, I, was I was preparing this and um, so many times I go over this, it reminded me of how my mother raised us as kids. Uh, my mom was always concerned for my mom had my mom had a rough life. She had been abused as a kid, did, uh, molested by someone. Um, she, my mom had seen a lot. So she was very protective and she was always warning us of, you know, dangers and this, that, because she didn't want us to be victims of these things. You know, so my mom would tell me that, hey, any, you know, don't take this from people. Don't do that. If somebody ever says this, tell me if somebody ever does that. I had I had permission to to poke folk in the eye or, you know, you pick up weapons. If, if anybody ever does anything like that, you, you, you know, she had all these little rules and things. And as I would grow up, I was like, you know, my mom actually preserved my life in a couple instances. I look back and some of her warnings and some of her don't let that and, and be careful about that. It was like, those were, those were, they were things that were, they were establishing us as kids. Like don't trust anybody that does this, you know, anybody that tells you not to tell me, uh, that was that was big for my mind. Any adult tell you you can't tell me. Um, you know, you come tell me right away. You know, she wants she want that action. And so a lot of times parents, we're trying to establish our kids in certain truths. We don't want them to be in danger. Uh, we don't want them, you know, being taken advantage of. Back when I was back in the 80s, um, kids were getting kidnapped with candy, right? So, you know, today, you know, it's kind of not, it's, they got new, they got internet to, you know, rally some kids. But back in my day, you know, offer a stranger offers you candy and snatch you up. And so, you know, the, the rule back then was don't take candy from strangers, right? Anybody grew up in that era like I did? All right. So um, some of you guys have heard before, but I, I had a person try to abduct me in front of my mother's house, but he didn't use candy. Um, I was playing in the front yard and this dude rolled up. Uh, there's a stop sign right in front of my mom's house, a little stop sign. And this guy had a had a, a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. And he, he stopped right in front of my house. I'm, I may have been about seven or eight. And the guy is offering me a piece of chicken, you know. So, I mean, you know, I'm like, I got how do you lure a little black kid? You know, fried chicken. That's, that's our favorite, you know. Um, but I had the rule was you don't you can't I can't eat fried chicken from strangers. But I, I sat there and looked at it for a minute. And uh God is my witness. My mom's office was my mom worked at home 
and her office window was right there, and she must have heard it. And she looked out of her her little Louver window, and she yelled, "Get it out!" I'm like, okay. you know. So I went back in, and I've always looked back, and I thought, yeah, why was a grown man pulling up that I don't know off of me? Where where would that chicken have taken me? I'll never know. Um, but I praise God for those things where, you know, mom was just establishing us in some truths. Don't get caught up. Don't get taken advantage of. That's what Paul is concerned with. I want you guys to be established in the faith. So he says, I want to establish you. And also, I want to encourage you. That word encourage is it's, it's, uh, in the Greek is parakleo. And it's, it's to come alongside, just like the Holy Spirit comes alongside us. Um, to empower us. He's the helper. Paul says, look, I want to both establish you, but we want to encourage you. We wanna, we're, wanna, we're, we're with you in this. We want to come alongside you and help you guys along the way in your walk with the Lord. And so I would encourage every believer here, if you have younger believers in your life, or you have people that maybe you led them to the Lord or you're, you're in a place of ministry to them, make sure you got you to gotta spend time with people. You got to come alongside them and figure out where they're at and that you might encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. And that's what Paul says to these believers. I want to do that for you guys. He can't physically go. So he did the next best thing. and He sent Timothy to them. I'm sending young Timothy down to minister to you guys. And, and the first time we hear it, it'll be five times in the chapter. He says, I want to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. And he's already said earlier in the book that he heard about their faith how they're doing. And they had their own relationship with the Lord. And so Paul's like, I want to build you up in your faith. And I think that's so important that it's, it's theirs. They got to own it just like we have to own our faith. Verse three now, he says that no one, and here's why he wants to encourage them and, and establish them in the faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of time on chapter three because I think it's an important part of the Christian walk and it often gets skimped over. Um, it is very popular in Christian circles to preach, you know, prosperity and victory and, you know, nothing, you know, you, you, can, you can do everything, you can have everything and yada, yada, yada. But people don't want to preach that. Y'all know if you give your life to the Lord, there's going to be trials. Y'all realize you give your life to the Lord, you have, you have now you now have a spiritual enemy, and you're gonna be in there gonna be warfare that you didn't have before, that there are gonna be challenges that you didn't know of before you met the Lord. Have we, how many got some experience the challenges of walking with it's not easy, amen? But it's worth it. Amen. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And we do win, but we do gotta get we, we, we have to we have to knuckle up and, and throw some blows, you know. But um, but it's a challenge, and so we need to be prepared for that. Paul said, look, and he he only had three weeks with these believers, but somehow in those three weeks he made sure and let them know. He says, Look, no one should be shaken by these afflictions that you yourselves know that we're appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you. That you would that I'm sorry, that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And, you know, so Paul said, look, in those three weeks, it was important of the stuff that I was able to share. I made y'all I let y'all know it's going to be difficult. We're going to suffer tribulation. They're going to be hard times for us as believers. And so um, I've heard this phrase before, and I think it's true. A faith that hasn't been tested. Somebody finish that for me. A faith that hasn't been tested. Anybody know it? Cannot be trusted. Right. If it hasn't been tested, it cannot be trusted. And so God oftentimes will test our faith. Sometimes God tests our faith. It doesn't show him how you're doing. When God tests your faith, it shows you how you're doing. Um, and so I've, I've been put to the test before when I thought I was doing better 
than I was, and, and I got put to the test, and God showed me through that test that I'm not far, not as far along as I thought I was. Right? I've also had some tests where you know I, I did well, and God said, You're better than you thought you were. I've seen both in my lifetime. Um, but tests don't really show God anything, they show me, they reveal where I'm at with the Lord. Um, but faith will be tested. And um, one of the things is, as faith is tested is how we're able to, God is showing us where we're really at. You know, when you get tested in your faith, how do you respond? Do you fall apart? Um, you know, when, when, when trials come, do you turn on God? That, and I, I, y'all hear me say this all the time, but there's some Christians that a trial will happen, a bad, they get some bad news. And the first thing they do is turn on God. Why would you do that? Why would you, you get a bad diagnosis? Why would God do this to me? God, and they turn on God. God didn't promise you perfect health. Y'all know that? You, so you got to, you'd have jacked up marriage. God didn't per, per, promise you a perfect marriage. Your kids be bad. God didn't promise you good kids. God promised, this is the, hear, hear me. God promised this, that you was going to hell for your sins and you deserved it. But he promised this, that if you would believe in him and his finished work on the cross in your place, that he died for your sins and rose from the grave, that you would be saved. That's what he promised you. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, access to God, connection with the Lord, reconciliation. He promised you that. So don't be getting mad at God for not keeping promises that he never made. Because if you get mad at God in a moment of trial and you turn on him, what help do you have? That's the biggest trick of the enemy ever is to get people to turn on God and then say, like, got you. Now you have no help. The only one that would have helped you, you mad at him. How dumb is that? Don't do that. Don't fall for that trick. You need God at every stable, every, if you need God, especially when you're going through trials, he's a supernatural comforter. He's strength that you don't have in yourself. God is everything you need in every situation. And so you can't be turning on him. You need to turn to him. Amen. And so again, he says, um, Paul to, to these believers there, um, he says, I, I, he, he wanted them to be prepared, um, that they're going to be afflictions. He didn't want them to be shaken by these things. When they happen, he said, you know, you were appointed to this. And again, it's important for believers to know that persecution is part of the package. Paul prepared them just like Jesus had prepared his disciples. If you're a note taker, I'm gonna give you a few verses to write them down. Write down John 15 verses 18 through 21. As Jesus was preparing his disciples, he didn't want them thinking it was going to be a walk in the park. He kept it real. He said, look, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me. Before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world, remember the word that I said to you: a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Right. Jesus said, look, guys, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Prepare for it. Get ready for it. Be concerned when people that hate Jesus love you. Be concerned when people they can't stand God. They're like, oh, you're my favorite person in the world. Really? I mean, you're the wonder at a certain point, like, man, do I just do I not represent at all? Because um, he says, look, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're going to be some people that hate him. And when you exemplify him, they're going to hate you, too. How many Laker fans do I have here? Like a friend, just this just by way of application. All right. All right. These are all these are all the same folk hands up. All right. So if you go somewhere where they hate the Lakers, right, you don't have to be a Laker. You're just a Laker fan. 
But if you go to their town and you wear Laker gear, or you say Laker, you know, you're going to be hated in that town. I have a friend that is a pastor and he moved from out to, from California. He pastors a church in Utah and he went to a, a Utah game uh, as a Lakers fan in Utah. And he had on all this Laker gear. He got he literally he's a pastor. He got chased in the parking lot. Imagine a withered, seemingly dead houseplant that doesn't look like it will survive. You check on it daily. You give it water and make sure it's getting the right amount of sunlight. Then finally, it perks up. The life has returned to it. Your patience and love prevailed in revitalizing it to a healthy state. This is what Christ does for us, as we're reminded in 1 Thessalonians. Friends, we can be refreshed and restored instead of discouraged and tired. What a grand picture. There are many life-giving nuggets found in the Bible like this one, and so much more to learn about. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to hear the teachings of Jesus whenever and wherever you are. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be ecstatic for you to join us this coming Sunday if you're in the area. There's a service at 11 a.m. and for our early birds, a 9 a.m. service. Tied up on Sunday with other things? We understand. There's also a midweek gathering on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can find the directions and other helpful information on our homepage, calvaryinglewood.org. Would you consider partnering with us to reach more people for Jesus? If so, just click on the Give tab and know that we're grateful for your generosity. Well, we're out of time for today. We look forward to the next time we're together, right here on A Transforming Word.